Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. It will be 50 hostages, including three Americans freed. That is the deal that will bring about a five-day ceasefire that I have many questions about. you got to believe that the Israelis know more about how they want to handle the situation than I do. But if you ask if I'm concerned, overwhelmingly so. Overwhelmingly so. Giving Hamas any opportunity is an opportunity to be further destroyed. I'm talking about Israel. I'm talking about free and thinking people. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. This started breaking yesterday. The conditions for a ceasefire, which would also involve the release of 140 security prisoners from Israeli prisons. Now, these are not the hardest targets, or I should say the hardest prisoners. These are women. And these are minors. Don't think of them as children or babies. These are people who have tried to engage in attacks on Israel or have engaged as enemy combatants, etc. So Hamas is going to give back 50 who did nothing wrong. And Israel is going to give up near 150 who have done something wrong. Anybody who calls Israel a genocidal power is worthless. You want to talk about people who have absolutely, and I mean it in this way, hoard out their decency. Uh, they're, They're the most awful, terrible people, and I draw the line. Not interested in the friendships, not interested in the relationships, or not interested in the conversation. I, I, there's, there's nothing to be interested in. People who take a look at Hamas and say, well, they've got a point. The most worthless of worthless. My job is not to convince them. My job is to convince others who are like, wait, I don't understand the situation. Let me give it to you. You make the decision. It's the best I can do. This deal has been approved by the Israeli Defense Forces, by Shin Bet, which is part of the intelligence apparatus, and Mossad. This has gone through a series of channels and votes to get to this place. If it works, three Americans will return. Three. With all due respect, that's not enough. Not by any stretch. Not enough by any stretch. I am concerned, as I said. Also, uh, there has been over the last, uh, maybe it's been the last week. I'm going to say the last few days. uh, The number of Israelis murdered by Hamas has been revised down to 1,200. And people are saying, oh, so it wasn't 1,400 people killed. Understand how lost someone is that this is what moves people. Hamas only killed 1,200, not 1,400 
oh, I, 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 I guess we all had it wrong. This is what we're up against. This type of sophist thinking. This low thinking. You know what they're saying at Hamas? I thought we killed 1,400. What a failure. I mean, that's just where it's at. So this ceasefire will go into effect, it seems. Um, They've agreed to the, the outline. They've agreed to some of this on the Israeli side. And we'll see how it progresses. Is it the move I would have made? I can't say that it is. But I don't have all the data that Israel has of what they'll do next, how they'll respond, how they'll react, how they can handle this, what assessments they now have after 40-some-odd days of where Hamas is with their capabilities. And I will trust them. What, what option? But trust Hamas? No. Giving them a chance to retool, rearm, take a breath, it's a bad idea. And those people who support Hamas right here in Indianapolis and, and around the country? Oh, God, there's no, there is no place in my soul for them. I would ask, I, I would wonder the same, but they don't have souls to begin with. We'll keep an eye on it. We will hope for the best because that's all we can do. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. First of all, President Trump knows better than anybody that my endorsement has never been and never will be for sale. So it has nothing to do with any any type of money uh, that is being paid or anything like that. I know that's what they want to claim, but that is not the case. What we're trying to do is we believe uh, 2024 is the most important election of our lifetime. We believe we need to choose and choose well. So I think you'd want to go to an experienced leader who has accomplished results uh, versus somebody that I truly believe he may be able to win the nomination in President Trump, but I don't think America is going to elect him president again. That's Bob Vanderplatz. And you're like, I'm sorry, that's who now? If you're in Iowa, he has for a while been a kingmaker. And uh, his organization has been able to um, be very, very successful in this. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. His organization getting his endorsement means a lot in the state of Iowa. He has endorsed Ron DeSantis. Announcing I'm thrilled to throw my personal endorsement and support behind Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. He was part of Huckabee's 2008 campaign. Uh, He's endorsed Santorum. He's in... Uh, He endorsed Ted Cruz. These are people who all won Iowa. You'll note that none of them were president. But they all won Iowa. If you're Ron DeSantis, you're fighting this massive, massive uphill battle because you can't campaign. Now, 
The DeSantis people, we don't often talk about them getting angry with me. What does it matter? The facts are the facts are the facts. He cannot get over the hump. He cannot and has not as of yet made a move. He has just been walloped according to the numbers. The question before us is, will the numbers translate to people who actually caucus? Because being a caucus goer is very different than being a a, a primary voter. To vote in a primary, and you're there, and you you click, and you pull the, the ballot, or you press the lever, you do whatever, there's a hanging chad or whatever, that's easy. Boom, out, get a little sticker. Caucus goers got to hang around. Caucus goers got to make their case. You're listening to other people. There's levels of persuasion. There's commitment to the candidate. Caucus is not easy. Does Trump have this? The answer is I I don't know, and that's why I'm waiting for the actual caucus to happen on on January 15th. But if I look at the last poll, the Messenger Harris X poll, Trump 62, DeSantis 11, Haley 10. What are we even talking about? You can argue that the poll is questionable. You can argue uh, that it didn't have enough people. 3,017 registered voters, the margin of error being 1.8%. Well, that's fair amount. The only thing that the DeSantis people could say in, in some level of defense is registered voters are not caucus goers. Caucus goers are what we're after. Caucus goers is how we are presenting ourselves. That's how we're positioning ourselves. That's how we're getting ready. And to say that either one of us has the best understanding of where the ground is in Iowa, the people I, well, first of all, we don't. The people I talk to in Iowa, they're not 100% sure that DeSantis will be able to do, to make that happen. They're also not 100% sure that Trump has any level of of hyper-effective ground game. Although he's certainly working on teams all over the place. Does the Bob Vanderplot's endorsement, does it move the needle? The answer is I do not know. I don't know if Vanderplatz moves the needle. I can say that the endorsement of Kim Reynolds, the governor didn't move the needle. I think Trump called her a complete loser. She won her state by 18 points. I'm not listening to Trump and his commentaries. The, the, it would be, does she move the needle? Did it move the needle in the numbers? And the answer is no. When it comes to the polling, it didn't move the numbers at all. Well, Tony, that's why she's a complete loser. No, it's just what Trump says. None of it matters. None of it matters. So the endorsement helps because it 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 doesn't by nature hurt. Will it move anything? This I don't know. So that's Iowa. Then there was a special election in Utah where the Republican, Celeste Malloy, wins in the Utah 2nd Congressional District, beating out the Democrat, and she has been what? A Trump supporter. In Utah, where they elected Mitt Romney. 
Just saying. That one is a definitive good sign for Trump. Certainly, I'm happy that Republicans picked up somebody else as they're about to lose. They will. I, I assume they're going to lose George Santos out of New York. Forgive me. Another good piece of, of election victory. So this, I just uh, giving you the full wrap up of, of, of what's going on and a story that didn't get much reporting because, of course, it didn't. You understand that Republicans absolutely cleaned house in Louisiana. Republicans didn't just win the governor's race. Republicans won every statewide office in the state of Louisiana. Attorney General, Secretary of State, and Treasurer. They have a weird election, a very, very odd election cycle. So it doesn't get as much coverage. And of course, with Israel, with the southern border, uh, et cetera, Joe Biden trying to blow out candles on a birthday cake. Holy cow, that photo. I didn't think a photo would get that much press. It's everywhere. I'll talk about it. Um, they, they crushed. They crushed. And Republicans elected the first woman as attorney general and first woman as secretary of state. And you know how Democrats hate it when you take their firsts. Oh, Makes them super angry, and they go like this. Ooh, that, that's what they—that's what they sound like. A gain for Republicans in Louisiana. I what I would call a win for Trump in Utah, and an endorsement for DeSantis that I have no idea if it's going to move the needle. And no one's going to know until the caucus on January fifteenth. No one. Matt Barris got traffic. What's up, Matt? Yeah, Tony, southeast side crash northbound 465 at Brookville Road is blocking two right lanes and causing stop traffic back to south at Shadeland Avenue. The rest of the interstate's humming right now, looking at southbound 65 coming down from the dog leg to Meridian Pen. That's wide open right now. Just a quick trip. Nine minutes from 465 on the northwest side to the north split. Traffic sponsored by Sullivan. The Colts releasing Shaquille Leonard. As you just heard Ryan Hedrick uh, talk about. Shocking. But we knew the playing time was going down. We knew that from from at least as, as a fan view, the physicality, not there like it was a couple years back, whether it's the back injuries or what have you. Notice I'm not mad at the guy. My, my, any other issue I might have with him has nothing to do with, with getting injured and, and maybe not being able to come back as you once were, led to diminished playing time. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. Then being told by the defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, that he was going to be made inactive. That was Monday, and then the next day, waived by the team. So, I have questions. Uh, JMV is going to join us uh, in the next hour to further break this down. And my first question was, did did the lack of playing time lead to problems either A, with the front office, or B, the team itself, the locker room? And then you learn that Shaquille Leonard is getting cut, we'll call it cut, and what is he doing? He's, he's with teammates passing out turkeys to people in need. And you're like, um, no. Maybe that's that. Maybe that's not indicative of the entire team and how they feel. But 
at least some of his teammates don't have a problem with him. It's it's kind of hard to say there's a locker room issue when the guy is with teammates passing out free turkeys. Um, I'm I am curious. I I am curious as to what is, and I am curious as to whether or not any of this is Shaquille Leonard. Um not being willing to address or recognize the issues that he had with uh, with the nerves and therefore not being the same level of physicality or not being able to have the same level of physicality. I'm curious about that. The other side of it, how much of this is, well, there could have been a role for, for Shaquille Leonard, but Gus Bradley and Shane Steichen, the head coach, see the defense differently and want see other players fitting better into a scheme, and that left Shaquille Leonard on the outside. So how much of this is about his physical capabilities, and how much of this is about the team moving in a different direction because different coaches? I don't have that answer. I'm hoping to get that from JMV. Um, has he been picked up already? How how does uh, producer Jonathan, of course, does the shooting the Schmidt? Uh, podcast, which you, you can get wherever you get your your podcast. Uh, he does a lot of the the sports talk. Uh, the waiver wire runs. When will we know if he gets picked up by anybody, or has that already happened? He hasn't been picked up yet. I don't know if he's even cleared waivers yet. Um, so that should happen probably on Monday. Um, so hopefully, sometime next week, we should figure out where he ends up at. If he clears waivers, that means he's starting from ground zero on a contract, right? Yes. Let- Right, so whatever the money that that the Colts were paying him, that's that's finished. I think if I understand it right, that part's finished. He'd have to uh, get get a whole new deal with a whole new team, and and I certainly for, for for that respect, go get go get a new gig. Who is interested in Shaquille Leonard? And am I right about any of this that his body is is not the same as it was three years ago. I think you're right on the nose with his body not being the same as it was three years ago. The NFL stands for not for long, and you have back surgery at 27. Like, that's going to hurt you, especially with the Colts. Like, Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed have both had really good years at those linebacker spots. And so I think part of the releasing of Shaq Leonard is the injury and also those two guys playing a lot better. I've seen a lot of stuff on the Browns potentially pursuing him and the Cowboys. Um, I think those are two pretty likely spots. Maybe Miami, they, they need some help at the linebacker spot as and well. And I've heard the Steelers because they just need help with everything. If, <laughs> if Shaquille Leonard can throw, they'll put him in a quarterback right they now. They might. <laughs> uh, so we will see what we will see. We'll break it down uh, further. Uh, Shaquille Leonard being cut by the Colts. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Fields now has a statement addressing how the CEO resigned and three board members have quit. And they're like, it's fine. Everything's fine. The museum is basically on fire like a Joe Biden birthday cake. And they're like, nope, it's fine. No need to pay attention here. 
and I'm quoting, while we are unable to provide additional details around the current leadership transition at Newfields, we want to assure the community there is no change in our strategy, mission, and values. Well, that's, that's not comforting at all. Maybe your mission, strategy, and values led to this problem. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Newfields has been working hard to earn the community's trust. We are grateful to our staff, volunteers, board, partner organizations, and funders for help to deliver for helping to deliver on, on our commitment to being an inclusive organization. Together, we have made progress, but understand important work remains. Who are you talking to? What the hell are you talking about? Being an inclusive organization. What are you talking about? Every time you say it, you're telling us how absolutely not inclusive you are. You're sharing a DEI, bigoted philosophy that provides no value to the museum nor any value to Indianapolis. You should be a place about art and the sharing of it. And art should ask tough questions and art should inspire and art can enrage and all of these things are good. When you say you want to be an inclusive organization, you're saying we're protected by for, in, in our bigotry and you can't say anything about it. Well, that might apply to other people, but maybe we haven't met. It was this nonsense that made me leave being a member of the museum. But I don't know, how much do I have to donate to get on the board? Is this, is this the only way we're going to make change for the better? You got to write a big check? Maybe I'll just crowdfund it, and then I'll get myself on the board, and we can actually have some voice in there that can kind of, I don't know, make sense. Your CEO up and quit. Three board members have resigned, and there's serious conversation about the uh, fiduciary aspects of the gig and what has happened. So don't tell us you don't get to comment. Damn straight you do. You had nothing but comment about Charles Venable, the former CEO. You called him a bigot, this, that, and the other. I don't know the guy. But you had nothing but comments. Now you're silent? No, no, no. That will not work. It won't work. It is a world-class museum, and I don't know if it's being run that way. And you send out a statement that you're grateful to the board? You're, you're the board! And you have the board chair, Darian Christian, who is a board member at Lake City Bank, who then takes another uh, board member, the outgoing, I think, outgoing CEO of Lake City Bank, and, and may, or board chair at, at Lake City Bank, and makes them the, the, the interim CEO at Newfields. Where else could this take place? What kind of nepotism insanity, and you expect people not to notice? People are asking questions. Why won't you answer the questions for the in the Arts Council or Indiana Black Expo or the Indiana Ur- Indianapolis Urban League? I might disagree with them about a million things. We want to know what's happening here. And and let me also say for the record, the idea that Dr. Burnett, the outgoing CEO, the one who just resigned, did good work, I want proof of that. I don't want to hear, well, uh, she's black and uh, was focused on diversity, so therefore she did good. That is crap. If if that's what we're going to get from the so-called artist community, that's a garbage statement, guys. Show your work. Show us. Tell me where the good came, how it got better. 
And let's also ask what had to get better. If you want to argue that Charles Venable, the former CEO, had issues, I have zero issue with that. I'm, I'm willing to listen. But when you say how awful it was that they put up this job posting, that they want to attract more people to the museum while keeping their core white audience, it's weird that it was in a job posting. I agree. I would not have put it in a job posting. How is that not an important part? Keep the audience you have, grow audience. Every business in America does this. You don't think they have the demographics on their audience? That's not a bigoted thing to say. That's recognizing where you're at. So Venable had to go. Okay, there could be other reasons for it, and I've heard a few of them. Show me what Dr. Burnett has done, please. I'm asking. Tony at TonyCats.com. What did she do? Other than having a skin color you agree with, I want to know what got done. I want to be able to know what the results were, where artists and others were saying, this is a better track. If it exists, I want to hear it. And then if things were, were getting better, what's this resignation about? That goes back to Darianne Christian, the board chair, and the board of Newfields. You owe answers, and this statement doesn't cut it.